Well, hello, Bible Love listeners. Welcome back to the Bible Love podcast and our special series of women and ministry. We're going to start today off with the prayer that I've chosen for us to pray throughout this summer. So the Lord be with you. Also with you. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O God, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Well, listeners, today is a big, big treat. I have somehow convinced the very lovely, wonderful Mary Jo Van Zant, who also happens to be my amazing mother, to join us in this special series of women in ministry. And one of the reasons I wanted my mom to be on um, the podcast this summer in women in ministry is that Women don't have to be priests to be in ministry. They find their own ministry. They find their own way to love and serve God. And my mom has done this in a very special way. As you know, my dad is an Episcopal priest. And so not only is her spouse a priest, but also her child is a priest. And so I wanted to talk to mom a little bit about that. So welcome, mom. Well, it is such a treat to be here on the podcast um, with Mary Balfour, and I want to thank she and Alan for bringing this podcast to all of us, many listeners that they have. It's been a treat as a mom to hear them, but also how much I've learned about the Old Testament that um, I never even had heard of. Yeah. So that is a real uh, treat every week to look forward to their words and all the many guests that they have had on there. It has been a uh, very rewarding experience for me. So here I am. This is uh, not something I do very often and talk to other publicly about my uh, journey, but you know, you do things for your children. Well, thanks for doing it, mom. And thanks for being one of our faithful listeners. So I told mom I just wanted to ask her a couple of questions about her ministry. Um, Mom, you did not grow up an Episcopalian, right? No, but I was baptized as an infant in the Episcopal Church. My mother was an Episcopalian and had all of us, two siblings, had all three of us baptized in our home church there in the little town of Inverness, Mississippi. And I remember going, even as a you know little girl, going there for a little while. But my dad was a very um, stout Baptist, and 
in the fact that he was a very faithful member. He ended up being in the Episcopal Church in his later life. But anyway, I admire her because I don't know you that admire I, your mom. I admire my mom because I, I don't know that I could have done this with my family. But it was very obvious that Dad was going to continue in the Baptist Church. And so she just marched us all down the block and we went to, we were reared in, in our formative years in the Baptist um, church. But as a teenager on my own, I connected with an Episcopal priest in our hometown and I was a junior in high school. And I remember going back to him and starting to question some things that were concerning to me. And uh, that was getting back into the Episcopal church and, I started confirmation uh, classes in uh, after college. Didn't do much in college. Well, none, none of us, us do. do. <laughs> and I was be, was being confirmed before I met uh, Pope, who it was a cradle Episcopalian. And also, all your siblings have come back to the Episcopal yes, Church. Is in- interesting. Interesting. All of us as adults have returned to the Episcopal Church. So yes. So we are a family of Episcopalians. Yeah. So when you you started dating Dad, and um, then y'all got married, and he was a, a, a cradle Episcopalian, but you were the one mom that you know, as listeners, I have two siblings, um, two brothers. Mom was the one that made sure we were at church. We were acolytes. We were at Sunday school. You, that, that was a charge you took on in our family. Yes, but there was never a question with Pope and I, and being from a, the small Episcopal church at the time, uh, it was so inviting. There was never a question that, uh, were we going to church today or right. not? And we were lucky enough to rear all of our children there until we went to seminary, and they were all baptized at this church, and Pope was ordained there. But, uh, yes, it was never a question that we were, uh, well, take us, take us back to the moment because y'all had been married for 17 years. Um, dad was a cotton farmer. Um, mom was a teacher. Um, I was 15. Um, my brothers were in elementary school. Take us back to that moment when dad started talking to you about having feelings, the Holy Spirit moving in his heart to become an Episcopal priest? Well, if you've ever gone through the process of this or really other positions in your life, it's never really just a moment. Right. Uh, I knew Pope was struggling with his profession for several years, and he just was not as satisfied in what he was doing as he was with some other areas of his life. Uh, and he was getting more and more involved in his church and in our church. And I mean, we first got married, he wouldn't go to Sunday school with me because, uh, you know, they just didn't do that much in Sunday school growing up in New Orleans. But then he got so involved. I said, you got to go to this young people's class. He got involved Next thing you know, he's reading and being a lectionary and a lay minister and just getting so involved on the diocesan level. 
Kursiya was a huge movement in our relation, spiritual relationship. And a woman priest, her name is the Reverend Liz Jones, was put into Polk's life to actually push him over the edge. He had reached the point where he kept saying to me, I'm not sure if I can do this, what's going to happen to our, we had a very large farm, what's going to happen to all these people, they had been raised there all their life, and Liz Jones was the one that was able to help him verbalize it outside with me, and Liz convinced him that it was time to go take the proper steps to go to this next step. So I was on board the 100%. But Could you see Daddy as a priest? Yes, and and I knew that his the Holy Spirit was working in him, and I was hoping that was going to be the case. But you know, you just never know because there are lots of steps in the process of becoming. Um, you just don't wake up one day and call the bishop and said, "I'm ready." Right. But there's lots of steps, and our theory on um, most of our ministry is. We try to walk through the doors that God opens and the ones he closes, we have to listen to. And we just, the doors just opened up. I could spend the whole podcast talking to you about the doors that opened up for us to uproot our family, our family farm, his family farm. And I had a ninth grader, a sixth grader and a first grader. And as you know, most people know going to seminary is not cheap. And we just went on a prayer, and this little town supported us in so many ways. Not just the church, not the, just whole the, the whole town. town financially, and got us through, and we were able to graduate with no debt, which was, and the Diocese of Mississippi with no debt, which is really unheard of. And it was, um, it was, it, now I'm not saying it was all roses, but there were some down times, but, uh, God just kept opening the doors and pushing us through. And it's been a, it was a wonderful ride for 30 years, even with the down times. Um, I would never have changed anything about it. Well, that's so neat to say too, mom, as you look back, like that there's nothing you were, t- I mean, cause dad is still ordained, but, Mom and dad are retired now and 30 years of ministry, and there's nothing you would change. Well, you know, nothing in any of our callings right. would change. There were situations, of course, that happened in your ministry that you have to muddle through, as anybody does with a job. But uh, nothing in any of the churches that we served and the people that loved us well, uh, there were, um, it was, we were very fortunate. Well, let's talk about that. You kind of led into that. So one thing that we've talked a lot about dad and, you know, dad, the clergy get a lot of um, acclimates. You know, they're the ones that are told your sermon is so great or they're the ones that get to sit with people at their bedside when people are dying. Um, but I know that I am and I know that daddy would say we, our spouses are so important to the livelihood of who we are to be able to do the work that we can do. So first, mom, I just want to say thank you for always being a partner to daddy. I remember one time y'all went on an interview for a job and they didn't want you in the room for the interview. And my dad like walked out and was like, no, 
I'm not, we're not going to do this because we're a team, right? You were a team in your ministry. Would you say? I would, exactly. I mean, of course, Pope was the one at the office every day. Uh, and of course there on weekends and the paycheck was made out to him, but, uh, um, you did it together. We did it together. And it's just a lot of different ways. No, I was not up there teaching Sunday school and, it never was my, uh, I mean, I did when the children were small, but never as uh, in our ministry. Uh, I think spouses have to be true to themselves and figure out what works for them and their family. And, uh, you know, my boys got criticized. I got criticized because I didn't always make them go to EYC, mm-hmm. uh, but I was trying to work, work best for my family. And, um, yes, I was at events that maybe I didn't want to go, but no, I did not attend every event. Uh, again, I did what was best for our family and myself. Um, but, um, Poke and I work pretty good as a team. We, um, love people and we love having people in our home. And that was more of my ministry of being, uh, having you get to know people when you can sit around a table and visit with them and really find out who they are. And that was more of my gift of being able to bring to people than um, other, like I said, teaching Sunday school or something like that. Well, and mom, that's a ministry we all can do, right? Yeah, like correct. every person can do that. When I think about your ministry, two things really stick out to me. Um, at, well, three, your hospitality and having people into your home and loving them and and providing a meal and being around the table. But I also think about all the clergy spouses that I know that you have kind of mentored and been a safe space for, including my own husband, right, Um, of how to figure this out. But also, when you were in the, when y'all were serving in the Diocese of Mississippi, you served on the Commission on Ministry, which I thought was so cool that they wanted a clergy spouse to kind of under help folks going through this process. This isn't all roses and God loves you all the time. I mean, God does love you all the time. I don't mean that, but there's really hard work in this. Talk about that a little bit. Our commission on ministry experience was very, very difficult. And I was very vocal to the bishop about some things that I didn't think were quite right or appropriate. And, you know, when you say something, you usually get stuck on a committee and uh, not stuck because I could have said, no, I'm not going to serve. But I thought it was very important for someone that had walked through those doors to understand a little bit more on our side of what's going on uh, with spouses and families and your um, spouse that is actually going through the process. So it was quite an experience to be on the commission on ministry. I was not as vocal probably as I should have been, but uh, I learned, I learned a lot. And and you used your voice. Yes. And as you well know, there are always two sides to a story. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad you did that. So you all served essentially in three parishes over this 30 year yes. ministry. Yes. Can you think of some of like your favorite things um, that you did in those times? I mean, the first parish 
one thing, it was a mission when you got there right. and, it, after, and it had been a mission for like a hundred years and you all helped take it to parish status. Right, right. That was very rewarding to watch those people um, stepped up to that next level. Mm-hmm. And they've grown even bigger since uh, Poke left. And, um, you know, it's hard to kind of point out one well, particular Selma, thing. Well, Selma, when you were in Selma, you know, you did a lot. Y'all did, there was a lot of racial reconciliation work in Selma. Yes, You was. met some fantastic friends. Yes. We have friends from Selma and uh, Mississippi and Murfreesboro, uh, Tennessee, that were all, there are people in every men, every, in our experience, and I've heard this from other clergy spouses, there are people that will always be in your life. And uh, you can't uh, erase those friendships, and you don't want to erase them that are very important in your life. But I will say, after we left a place uh, of parish, those friendships that are continued with me, it, they've been lightened by me because we're not their priest mm-hmm. and spouse anymore. And uh, even because there's always a line that you do not cross when you even in with these dear friends because Pope was their parish priest. And so uh, now we're just good. There's freedom in that. Well, there's, right? we're now we're just all, we're just good buddies to that good buddy where you can all just laugh and, and about enjoy each, each other. other. Yeah. Not that we didn't, but it's still just a Something very changes changes that. when you're not their priest and you're not up there preaching every Sunday. But, um, and mom, you worked the, all of this time too. You had, you, you, not that stay at home moms are not amazing. They are, but like you always, um, had some kind of job, you know, whether it was an event planner or running an Airbnb or working at a store in Murfreesboro, like you always had your own like sense of place right. and being, especially as your ch- as we your children grew up and were kind of out of the house. Well, and stuff. that is one thing that I've always tried to stress when I have talked to clergy spouses. You have to have your own identity, and you that ch- you that have children. You know that because you get to a point in your life, you're always Mary Balfour's mom or when they're in college, you know, you meet all their buddies and you're still Mary Balfour's mom, but then they move on and you always need an identity for yourself to continue growing in your um, journey. And it was very important for me to have my own identity. And also I, very thankful for the many spouses before me because I, when we came out of seminary, spouses had already started going back to work. So I didn't have to cross that barrier. Mm. Like a lot of spouses before me, they were always at every ECW meeting. They were always at, when the doors were open, that was gone. And so that really helped me a lot. And I'd never felt like, you know, if, if I wanted to go, fine, but, you know. I'm, you didn't have to go. No, no. I remember the first Bible study I attended, and they started looking at me for the answers. <laughs> and I quickly told them, I did not go to seminary. I do not know that answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you just figure out, but you've got to be, feel good about yourself and be strong in in 
you feel good that you're called to do. Yeah. And uh, and my family was my first priority. Well, you know, Mom, I hate to talk about myself. No, I, I, I hate to talk about myself. But I do um, think it's important because you really are in a unique place. Not only is your spouse a clergy person, but your child is. So tell me what it felt like when I started thinking about this. Well, Mary Balfour's journey is a little similar on my side as Pope's. Um, I knew this was stirring in her before she verbalized it. And I remember one time it was, she was talking to me about she was older and a lot of her peers were married and even had children and why this wasn't happening to her. And I just said, I just think you got another another person to serve before you can get to that next step. And You meant God. Yeah, I meant God. And, you know, she kind of looked at me cross-eyed. But that is then it, the Holy Spirit just started stirring in her and, and I was just thrilled and as most parents are you are going to support your children in whatever they are doing that is good for them and and you are just as supportive of my brothers in what they do whatever, I want to make yeah, that very whatever clear. they were doing that was there luckily they were all, all very productive great adults and um, we could support them so it was a very difficult for Mary Baffa to um, do what she did as a single woman. And we drove, I'll never forget, we drove to Austin 14 hours a drive and dropped her off and made a home there. And she did it. But I never doubted one bit. She, she had doubted her abilities for the uh, schoolwork, but uh, she conquered that great with a great force. But um, as a mom, I never um, looked back. And her ordination to the diaconate, I will remember it as well as I remember her dad's. That was a great day for the family and uh, for so many people that had supported her through her ministry. So it's been a joy to watch her go through the same thing her dad does. And it's, they have a great relationship because they share um, different priest uh, stories with each other. And her dad's a great mentor for her in, in that world. And then I'm a mentor for her when she needs to fix flowers and what she does beautifully already. But um, anyway, it's been a, joy to watch she and Murray uh, go through the same things that we we went through. And even though it is a different world and a different church, but um, you still have some of the same day-to-day grinds that we all face. Well, let me ask you this, and I didn't prepare you for this question, but I bet you'll, I know, I bet you'll have a good answer. Like, just because you retire from ministry doesn't mean your relationship with God stops, right? It doesn't mean your prayer life stops. It doesn't mean your wanting to learn stops. Like, you even started off the show with saying how much the podcast has meant to you that you're still learning, um, you know, even in your retirement years. I mean, do you think that's the case for you? And for It if- is, and it's just like any of us. We're all in different seasons of our lives, 
and all of that looks different on each, each season. One thing that Poke and I have struggled with, and we traveled a good bit after first after retirement, and then trying to find our uh, you know a permanent home uh, till we go to the next one, but. Uh, finding the right fit for us to worship and mm-hmm. be in that community because that was such, I mean, that was, you know, just who we were. And that has been a, a little bit of a struggle. That's interesting. But you don't ever, I mean, you know, your spiritual life is hopefully continue to grow and you learn always through, um, through you know, having your time with uh, God and the Holy Spirit. And I mean, I will say it helps that you still got a child in the ministries. So. Right. You got sermons to read yeah, and, um, and, and we, now you can watch it on FaceTime right. or Facebook. And we and, are working on our church attendance. Uh, we're getting a little bit more settled where we are mm-hmm. and working on that since Pope retired, then he went back to work and now we're retired again. So trying to find um, that rhythm r- back to that rhythm of uh, being in, um, you travel a lot. You, you, it's just very interesting. Yeah. Well, mom, I want to say, um, you know, mom would never give herself enough credit, but it, you have supported daddy and me and my siblings and our spouses and all of that so well. You have shown God's love to us over and over and over again. And I know this is a little bit out of your, it's not your cup of tea. But I think your voice is necessary. I'm excited for our listeners to hear what you had to say. So thank you for loving us all so well, Mom. Thank you. And just remember, God is love. There you go. So listeners, as always, we love you, but most importantly, God does. 